Welcome to the Pharmacy Quality Solutions Quality Corner Show, where we talk quality of healthcare and explore what that actually means. Let's dig into performance measurements, the equipped platform, pharmacy goals, and personal goals. We will also occasionally cover topical healthcare news and maybe throw into the conversation a few of our own nerdy passions and hobbies. So turn us up. The Quality Corner Show starts now. Hello, Quality Corner Show listeners. This is your host, Nick Dorich, and we welcome you to the next episode of the Quality Corner Show. Today, we are going to focus on the process of quality improvement again, with a specific interest in how to establish effective leaders. There's plenty of resources out there about leadership, and we've all experienced the good and the bad of varied leadership styles. One of the leadership guides we reference frequently is John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. For today, we are going to focus specifically on law number three. Yes, that means we are skipping ahead a bit, so apologies if you're hoping we were starting with law number one. But this law seems particularly important, especially as pharmacies are beginning a new year and perhaps taking a new approach. For today's episode, I'm going to bring in one of our leaders that helps pharmacies. Please welcome back to the show, Brittany Boyd. Brittany, how are you doing today? Hi, Nick. Doing all right today. I'm glad to be back listening to uh, being a part of Quality Podcast on the other side of it again today. I'm so excited to chat about the law process and looking forward to uh, reviewing it. That's great, Brittany. I know you've covered a lot of leadership training yourself. Can you share in your own words why you think the law process is important for us to cover? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's important because when you think about a process, process goes into anything that you do. Um, In the pharmacy, even, you have a standardized process that you follow. Uh, So wanting to establish that into your leadership style and what that means with you becoming a leader, you have to put a process into place that you need to follow to grow you into that. Um, I think John Maxwell does a really great job with this law of really giving strong examples, um, really showing how you can utilize that, uh, and really giving a, a really strong purpose to anyone that that may be utilizing it. Brittany, I appreciate your thoughts there. And let's go ahead and jump into our questions for today. So becoming a leader doesn't happen instantly. Uh, It's based on your daily efforts over the long haul to make a difference. So what differences could a team member in the pharmacy take towards uh, performance improvement? Yeah, so I think that they should incorporate a strategy. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day, and it's no different when it comes to performance on quality measures and the equip dashboard. Uh, If a team member is selected as the quality champion, for example, um, which is going to basically be your designated individual that's really going to help Um, push those efforts. They're going to prioritize those efforts and equip and the knowledge of quality networks or pharmacies may be attributed to and then the improvement will eventually be noticed. Um, Something else is a strategy to incorporate can be as simple as 15 minutes once a day every week uh, to maybe track your outliers and after each equip refresh on the 15th of every month reviewing which measures have improved and the others that may need more of a budge. Yeah so let's Let's talk about a little bit further how we're looking or applying that, because it's not just that we have a strategy, it's how we implement it, right? So with that, I I think one of the the items that's often discussed, particularly beginning of the year, new processes, it's new actions that are being taken, but we need to have something in place to track that we're effectively making those changes. 
I've seen from a variety of resources talking about how habits are formed after about two months of completing uh, regular routines. And we never really get to that point. But even once we get into a new habit, it doesn't mean that we stop there. That, that new habit may be better than our old habit, but we still want to improve upon that. Right, Brittany? Yeah, I would absolutely have to agree, Nick. Um, it's simple. Uh, we chatted about this before, um, about the potential um, 5K that I'm going to run here coming up on my birthday, right? Um, so we've talked about what that actually looks like. I can't just get up and go run a 5K, right? I probably would die, to be honest. Uh, but if I work on it, um, which has been a part of my process, it's just, okay, so let's start with a mile. How fast can I run a mile? And then I'm going to add another mile to that. What's my time on that? And then once I reach up to 3.2, okay, so now I've achieved this. Now what can I do to make this even better? What can I do to even improve this time? What can I do uh, you know, to maybe that my knees don't hurt whenever it's over with, right? Once I get off the treadmill. So um, once you figure out what that looks like for you, building out that timeline uh, to your point of creating you know, a calendar of sorts of being able to really monitor all of those things and putting those into place for a process that can be really effective and really strong for all team members involved. Yeah, that's a great example or metaphor about why process matters. Uh, can we or should we just go out and run a 5k? There's probably very few of us who would feel comfortable doing that sort of thing. And when it comes to patient care, improving quality care, it's the same idea, right? We, we want to be improving what we're doing and, and measuring, taking measured steps to improve. But if we're just jumping into doing something without any kind of practice or thought to it, we're probably not taking really the best approach. So Brittany, thanks for that, for that example. We'll go on to our second question. And to be a leader and a champion, there should be no objective or, or obstacle too challenging to accomplish. With time, learning more about that objective could motivate your continuous development of, of becoming a leader. So Brittany, how does this relate to improving patient care? What can a pharmacy team do to invest and ensure their team members are learning and incorporating best practices for their daily activities. So we kind of gave a real life example of why this would, would matter, how this would be executed, but let's, let's talk specifics from a pharmacy perspective, be it for the pharmacists, the technicians, interns, the whole team. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, that's a great question, Nick, and you uh, gave a really great point. Um, you know, when you set high expectations to accomplish anything at first, you know, it can be difficult, um, but successful leaders are learners, right? And they are always looking for a way to grow. Uh, so incorporating uh, this mentality in the pharmacy into their daily activities is the perfect way to improve care for a patient. Um, even thinking about the fact that each patient has a different story, right? Their, their background, what condition they may be in, their home life, it's pretty much all encompassing to their overall quality and can be really impacted by the initiative that a pharmacy team member may take. Um, so a new activity they could incorporate in that, that process um, is possibly just learning more about a patient's everyday life. You know, when you're, when pharmacists are doing um, their consults, you know, ask one question to them, you know, what's, what's the favorite soda that you like? Um, it may not seem like it's directly related to their overall patient care from a clinical perspective, uh, but sometimes it may take the initiative of take, stepping outside of that. Um, some patients from a more clinical method may even need additional guidance. Uh, maybe on the educational materials about their medications. Maybe they need to uh, be talked through through it a little bit more in detail. Um, and that very well could possibly not only incorporate best practices 
um, for the team member themselves, but also learning a different method of that patient, that patient care model um, and really getting more into um, kind of the empathy of it. And that, that may make a huge difference in just your relationship, you're developing yourself as a leader and just your, your overall pharmacy staff impact as a whole. Yeah, I think that makes a great difference there, Brittany, and, and the components on it's knowing the patients, it's knowing the details that are there, it's knowing the, the history. And for a lot of service opportunities and working with patients, pharmacists have a lot of tools at their hands. And whether it be something like a MedSync, whether it be MTM, uh, whether it be any other number of services or other counseling opportunities, we have a lot of tools, but any tool can be effective or ineffective in the right hands or with the right or, or different intentions that are there. So you may have a tool that works for 99% of the patients, but if, it, if you're trying to get that 1% of patient where it doesn't work for, at that instance, it's not gonna be very effective. And I think that's where it really comes in with the nuance as we're talking about improving quality of care. We wanna have a lot of different ways that we can improve and work with patients, but at the same time, we need to know when we switch to a different tool or to a different approach. Brittany, I'll take a little bit of a different tactic and, and a follow-up question here for this. And, and you and I both have experience working in a pharmacy. And for, for myself, it's been a little bit of a, a different approach. And it's been a number of years since I was behind a pharmacy bench. But you have experience as a pharmacy technician as well. When it does come to these items and engagement with the team, I find from my experience and experience with others that it really helps when people understand the context, right? It's not just that we're doing outreach to a patient for a reason uh, just because, right? It goes into what's the rationale behind it and giving people a why. And, and I think a phrase that we often point to is that it starts with why. So any best practices or tips that you would recommend on ways that this can be built in to give people um, a rationale or an experience so that they're really emotionally attached to these services and, and the quality improvement process. Yeah, Nick, I think you said it. Um, it starts with why. You know, why are you um, taking the steps that you are to really want to improve patients' care? Why are you taking the steps that you should in order to improve your overall performance? Um, not even just on the performance measures that are available and equipped. Uh, not just utilizing the tools that you have, but kind of overall, uh, what's really your end goal? And I think that if you kind of establish what that end goal is, what you are really trying to achieve, not only will that help with all of your team members that are incorporated, but I think it will also assist uh, with your own personal process of you really wanting to strive to be a better leader. Uh, when you're looking at it from a holistic view and you're incorporating those different methods into play and you are putting them in a process but you have a true why behind it um, that that is when everything else kind of falls into play and that really is when you're able to improve yourself you're able to learn more about you as an individual and also learn a lot more about those that are around you yeah thanks for that response Brittany we'll go ahead to our, our next question and this is going to be talking about uh, a little bit of a, a different approach to this so when you're incorporating daily effort to acquiring knowledge on improving a skill, results should show. Um, our script for this podcast that results will show, but we all know that's not actually the case, right? And sometimes it's identifying when we need to have a change in tactics. But when it does come to progression of these skills, growth, they may be painful, 
it may be uncomfortable and it may put people in a place where they're not really feeling the love or attention that they would like to see. So how does a pharmacy go about creating a culture of growth where this type of new expansion can be done so that there is a new growth opportunity and that we are stretching outside of our comfort zones, but also in a way that people can experience some of that pain and discomfort but still feel like they are part of the team and that there is a light at the, at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, Nick, absolutely. Um, so for this, um, I think everyone just needs to be positive um, and make sure that the entire team is involved. Um, I'll take a, a slightly different, I guess, fun approach with this, but um, Nick and the entire PQS staff is very aware that uh, parties are my thing um, and celebrating and planning them and getting them together I think it's awesome when we have growth uh, internally, we, we celebrate that, whether we're celebrating it via email or we're celebrating it when we all get a chance to get together. Um, and we know that sometimes that growth can be painful um, and having to deal with um, certain things that may be challenging. Um, but the reward at the end that's coupled with the motivation throughout the process uh, could be culture changing. Um, pharmacy staff may encounter a multitude of uncomfortable situations, but Maintaining an environment that is geared towards positivity will make a difference. Uh, an example of this culture change may be uh, proposing if we get um, one patient uh, that's considered to be an outlier um, into the pharmacy and field, maybe the team have a pizza party. If you're a quality champion, champion that you um, establish has set a performance goal for the, the next equip refresh and it's achieved, everybody goes out for ice cream, right? This gets all team members included and allows for the results of the process to lead to that growth. Uh, culture of growth, again, not like Rome, does not go overnight. Um, it's going to take some time, some effort, some real commitment to get everybody involved. Um, but I think if you lead with positivity, um, lead with the understanding that, hey, no matter what, we can push forth, forth through this and we can achieve and we can do this, um, I think, again, everything else will fall into play and that culture of growth uh, can really, really be pretty dynamic and really changing. Uh, and I think PQS as a whole, I think we're a great example of that. So usually my response here to that kind of summary description or answer to my question usually has some bullet points, things that I like to summarize for our users. But in this case, Brittany, I think you did a great job. I would just say that for our listeners that are considering those kind of parties or other kind of events for celebration that we may have to come up with some other ideas uh, that would be more acceptable for pharmacy staff that may have uh, problems with lactose intolerance there. We, we, we had a pizza party, we had ice cream, so we may have to think <laughs> of some, some other things there that don't involve dairy, but I, I think those are some great ideas, Brittany. So uh, we're gonna go and, and get into our closing now. And, and one item that I really wanna talk about, Brittany, you've been featured on our podcast uh, a number of times now. And as it goes to law of process, are we getting better at this? I think that's a great question. Um, and I would have to say yes. Uh, for something um, similar to um, starting things, putting things on a calendar, um, if we track things back uh, to maybe the years that may have passed on of our process of when a date of release was even going to occur, right? Um, we would have our date established and, um, you know, that release would occur, um, but we've done a little bit better here. We're able to get that release out a little bit sooner to our end users um, here working just internally, just even our expansion of how we reach to our end users um, here with the podcast that we've now created, our 
educational videos um, that we have developed, uh, the new one-pagers that are available in the Equip dashboard. All of that has established a, um, a more refined process that's available for an end user from that perspective. Um, and, you know, who doesn't want to get their data earlier, right? Um, so since we've been able to be successful in that, um, and since we've done we've done well with that and we've achieved that, I would have to um, say that yes, we have gotten better with our process. Brittany, one of your comments or remarks in the voiceover or intro for each episode points out that we may talk about nerdy passions or hobbies, and this is a point where I have to introduce the fact that I'm going to reference one of those items and, and one of my favorite TV shows in recent years has been the Marvel Netflix show Luke Cage and they actually have a great reference to this mindset. A, a common theme or phrase in the show is forward always. Um, I think you encapsulated that pretty well there but Brittany based on your interactions with pharmacists early in this calendar year how are you thinking that they're taking this approach of forward always and law of process how are pharmacists integrating this into some of their patient care activities in new or different ways for 2020? Yeah, you know, I think it's really their, their want and their desire to further their education on quality improvement, um, not just from a measure perspective, but just overall improvement and what they can do better. Um, I can honestly say that a lot of the dialogue that I've had with pharmacists here at the start of this year is very different from the start of last year. Um, where you have some pharmacists or just some team members as a whole that are um, really just trying to get the grip on exactly what they need to do and you know what they can do better for the year. And this year, it seems that they already have those boxes checked. They already know what worked and what didn't work. Um, so now they just need the further support to be able to advance that knowledge now at this point. Um, so the conversations are very different, um, much more encouraging, I would honestly say. Um, and everyone seems to really want to strive to make a difference uh, at all costs at this point, which is awesome to be able to see and, and hear and be a part of. Thanks for that observation, Brittany. I know that it's early in the year and we have a long way to go. We are looking forward always. Hopefully you can see or hear what I did there. Uh, to hearing more about the success of these operations in 2020. Uh, Brittany, thank you again for joining the show once again. Uh, you're a great source of knowledge and perspective for our listeners. And with that, I do have a closing message for our listeners. Our team here at PQS has a couple of favors to ask of you, our podcast listener. First, we encourage you to share this podcast with two friends. Because if you share this with two friends and each of them shares with two friends, it really helps us hit a larger listening audience. Second, we also want to take a moment to remind you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you may find it. And then, if you have any questions or topics you would like us to address, please contact us. The best way to do so is to email info at pharmacyquality.com. Let us know what is on your mind and what we can address so that you are fully informed. Our goal is to continuously improve our podcast content and to provide meaningful information to our listeners based on current topics in healthcare, technology, and quality measurement. We want to help you become as effective as possible in how you care for patients and improve public health outcomes. So until next time, we wish you well.